0: here tonight. And uh, there are seasons in our Christian life just as there are seasons in, um, in uh, society or in, in the world today. We have, uh, we have different seasons of, of summer, winter, spring, fall. Uh, sometimes in our Christian life it's that way. And there are times where it's wintertime and uh, we wonder, where is the Lord? And then comes the spring and he speaks and uh, he uh, he gives his voice, he gives his guidance. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And isn't it precious when he speaks? And thank you. I appreciate that, that testimony and song tonight. And uh, just uh, challenged to my own heart. There are times uh, the Lord is silent and then he speaks. And oh, what a precious thing it is. Uh, let's turn our Bibles tonight to Psalm 138. I want to look at a, at a psalm this evening. Just kind of in preparation for our revival meeting, Uh, Psalm 138. uh, Through the years, this has been a a particular psalm that God has used in my own heart and challenging my heart. And it's a psalm really of revival, and, and it speaks in particular those that God will revive and now I, I will be, my plan is to continue on. We, we went through the wilderness journeys of the children of Israel, and uh, and I plan to, to get back now looking at the entrance into the promised land and and how to conquer, how to win battles, and uh, how to gain victories over strongholds in our, in our life, and there's a lot of things that we'll be doing in the future, but I want to take just a Uh, a bit of time in preparation for our revival meeting. So appreciate the messages uh, this past Sunday as uh, Brother Montoya preached and dealt with revival. Uh, Psalm 138, the Psalm of David. You'll notice the title of Psalm of David. I want you to stand here as we read together uh, the Word of God. Let's read through this psalm this evening. Uh, Psalm 138. We'll begin here at verse number one. And here David says, I will praise thee with my whole heart." Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And so much we could say about that uh, this evening. I, I won't be preaching in that direction, but uh, God's word is a precious, a precious book uh, this evening. In verse number three, in the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect, or yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. And Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. And this is kind of the, the section that through the years God has used in, in my life as a challenge. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And so we're going to, going to look at, at just this thought tonight. Of those that God revives. I believe there are some principles here set forth in the Word of God. Uh, Anybody that desires revival can have revival. I believe revival is nothing more than a new beginning of obedience unto the Lord. Uh, but there are some principles that are set forth that God you know, will work in a, in a life, in a heart, if an individual is willing to know uh, God in all of his fullness. Uh, as we sang tonight, I surrender all, and uh, that, that really is the heart of revival. Uh, let's go to the Lord this evening, and uh, you pray tonight that God's way would be done. We so need him this evening And uh, pray for his strength and pray that God will uh, just work here tonight and work in this coming uh, week and weeks of revival meeting. Father, thank you for tonight and thank you for each and every one. I thank you, Lord, that you do speak. And though there may be times of silence, and at times we wonder where You've been, maybe times of troubles, and as the psalmist said, "Yea, though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me." And, and Lord, sometimes there are those seasons where uh, we have distress, and seasons where uh, it is fruitless, and maybe seasons we're not seeing answers to prayer. But I thank You, Lord, that You know it all. And all is in your hands and you work and move in the hearts of your people, uh, molding us to your image. Help us tonight. Revive us, we do pray. Move us as we prepare for this revival meeting, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. And as uh, we mentioned in the title, this is a Psalm of David and I believe this particular psalm is the result of a heaven-sent revival in David's own life. Now I want you to notice just a few thoughts. You're looking at verse number 3, and David said in the day when I cried thou answerest me. Uh, When God spoke, he heard his voice and strengthens me with strength in my soul. Has it ever been that way in your life where you have cried unto the Lord and the Lord answered you? He heard your cry. He heard your prayer. And this is the way it was with David. It's very evident here in this particular message or psalm that David had faced a position, a time of weakness in his own life. It was a time, we might say, of fainting. It was a time of difficulty that David had to endure, had to go through. We don't know what particular time it was. There were many events in the life of David Many different times, many enemies that came against David. Uh, There were many uh, uh, thoughts and wars and battles that David faced in his life. And, And David said in that day, when I cried out to you, that God revived me. God strengthened me. God helped me in the midst of my turmoil and battle. And as a result of God's intervention in David's life, you'll notice the first part of this psalm is a psalm of praise. God answered his prayer, and David said in verse number 1, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods I will sing praise unto thee, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name and he said "When I, in the day and this is why he's praising the Lord in the day when I cried you answered me and strengthened me and, and he speaks of uh, praising the Lord verse 5, yea they shall sing in all the ways of the Lord for great is the glory of the Lord here David is speaking of God having done something in his life that he could not hold it within he had to sing out in praise to the Lord you ever had an answer to prayer Miss Jasmine you told about what God did Sunday you prayed a specific prayer God heard that prayer God answered that prayer God intervened and Jasmine she came to school on Monday and she told me that story she said "Uh, pastor I got to tell you what God did and just praising the Lord for the answer to prayer and that's where David is in the midst of Saul, he was weak and he was fainting and he needed revival and God heard his cry and God revived him. Now it's interesting as you study the history and love the history of revival, as you study the history of revival and the movements of God, you'll find that always Uh, with revival comes uh, a new measure of joyful singing unto the Lord. Uh, I've read of revivals in Africa that God so moved and worked that uh, congregations would just spring forth into singing into praise and uh, it was something that, that God did. I know how it was when God got a hold of my heart. I had to sing about it, my voice. I couldn't sing very well and couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but I enjoyed singing and enjoyed praising the Lord and wanted to sing and I couldn't hold it inside. That happens. This is what David is expressing. When revival comes, there's that joyful singing unto the Lord. Now, here is the focus this evening out of this psalm. I want to look in particular at those whom God revives. I believe biblically uh, anyone can have genuine revival if you desire it, if you want it, if you seek for it if you're willing to pay the price for it. I want to read a, a quote. This is from A.W. Tozer. He said, I have previously shown that any Christian who desires to me at any time experience a radical renaissance and is all, that is altogether independent of the attitude of his fellow Christians. He simply says, anybody who wants revival can have it regardless of what happens to others around you. Now, I'm going to very quickly run through this. This is not the message tonight, but he explained this is how it can happen in any life. He said, number one, get thoroughly dissatisfied with yourself. He said, as long as you are content with where you are in your Christian life, you're never going to press for something beyond that. He said, number two, he said, set your face like a flint toward a sweeping transformation in your life. In other words, he said, you want revival, you need to be willing for God to change you, and you need to set your face to allow that to happen. He said, number three, put yourself in the way of blessing. In other words, you want revival, you need to be in the house of God. You want revival, need to be in the Word of God. Want revival, need to be in time of prayer. He said number four do a thorough job of repenting. Uh, He says make sure that you get thoroughly dissatisfied with sin. Do a thorough job of repenting. Number five make restitution wherever it is possible. Uh, Number six bring your life into the path of righteousness as set forth in the scripture. In other words you're in the word of God and you compare your life to the word of God. And Anything in your life contrary to the word of God be willing for God to change that. He said number seven be serious minded he said many of God's people miss revival because they're so much into the world and so much into comedy and TV and all of these things that they miss the Spirit of God at work in their life. Number eight, be deliberately narrow-minded in your interests. In other words, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He said sometimes you have to set aside some supports and uh, other things and hobbies in your life uh, to seek revival. Number nine, begin to witness And number 10, have faith in God. Now that's all free, but I thought that was really good. Anybody can have revival if you're willing to pay the price for revival. Now we're going to to bring some thoughts here tonight. Those that God revives. We've got a meeting in one and a half weeks. Those that God revives. Do you want revival? We're going to give you some things tonight. If you genuinely want revival. Revival. Now let's look here at this this psalm this evening. Uh, Notice again verse number 3, and I think it becomes evident here that the Lord revives the needy. The Lord revives the needy. In verse number 3, David said, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me, and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Uh, as you look at the, the thought here, David was weak. He was fainting. Uh, it was perhaps a time where he had failed. And, and here, I believe, is the key tonight. David admitted his need. Uh, David became as a beggar before God. Uh, David was needy. He recognized that he could not meet his own need, that only God could meet that need. And David cried out to God in that point of need, looking to God. And he said, in that day that I cried to you, Lord, you ministered to my need. He was needy, and he admitted that need before God. Notice in verse number 7, he makes this statement, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Somebody said it is only as we admit the need that we can be revived. And that's what David is doing. He's admitting his failure. He's admitting that he is weak. He's admitting that he has fainted. In Isaiah 40, verse number 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll be revived. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let me ask you tonight, do you have a spiritual need? Are you where you want to be with God? Are you content with your prayer life as it is now? Uh, perhaps there is in your life prayerlessness. Let me give you three different occasions in the New Testament where God mentions fainting. Go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, and I want to relate these to our need for revival. In Luke chapter 18, notice here in verse number 1 parable that Jesus spoke unto the disciples. And he says he spake this parable unto them or spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray, but notice this, and not to faint. In other words, you look at this, if you're not praying, then you're fainting. Uh, If you're not praying powerful, heaven-sent, heaven-inspired, hell-shaking prayers, then you're fainting. If your prayers are not being heard in heaven, then you're fainting. Uh, to faint means to quit, to cave in. And I believe that, that prayerlessness is one of the outstanding sins in the life of Christians and churches today. Uh, sad to say, but prayer meetings are often the lowest in attendance. Uh, many Christians have given up on prayer changing things. A lot of Christians have been content for rebellious and wayward children or content for loved ones to continue in a lost state or are content to live a mediocre Christian life. And they've given up on prayer being able to change things. They have fainted. And so we need today a revival of prayer. We need a revival as the church of Jerusalem as they prayed. They met in the upper room. Uh, They were of one accord they waited upon the Lord and the Lord intervened on that day of Pentecost and the power of the Lord came down and boldly they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost. Uh, We need that prayer revival as in Acts chapter 4 verse 31 and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak the word of God with boldness and oh how we need that revival and it was prayerfulness that brought that about. Uh, Maybe we have fainted. I think of Peter as he was taken captive and as he was prisoner to Herod and Herod would have taken the life of Peter but the Bible says uh, Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And the Bible tells us God heard that prayer and God delivered Peter out of the prison house. And friends, I say all around us, there are prisoners and yet there are Christians fainting in prayerlessness. We need revival. We need God to revive our hearts. We need the prayer of, uh, of Daniel that would shake the Babylonian empire. Uh, we need God's people uh, to cry out unto him, if my people called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And so maybe you're fainting in this area, in prayerlessness. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Here's another instance mentioned of fainting. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one. We read, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Notice this, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted into blood, striving against sin. In other words here, the Lord says you've quit striving, you've quit resisting, you've quit fighting the battle, you've quit running the race. And there are a lot of Christians that need revival because they have fainted in their service for the Lord Jesus Christ. And God wants to revive you. He wants to strengthen you, as David said in Psalm 138. Look in chapter 12 here, verse number 12 of Hebrews. He says, "'Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down "'and the feeble knees,' And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. And, you know, there are many that used to be, used to serve, used to be faithful, used to do the things of God, but somewhere they fainted along the way. And God says that we are to lift up those hands that hang down. He said, verse 14, follow peace with all uh, with all men, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be deviled. See, God wants to revive you. Do you recognize your need? Uh, David said in Psalm 138, verse number three, "In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you feel weak. Uh, Maybe you feel like you're not striving as you once did. Maybe you feel like you're not standing as you once did. And see, it's in the midst of this that God wants you to be strengthened. He wants to revive you in the midst of this weakness. Let's look in Galatians chapter 6. Here's the third instance (coughs) in the New Testament. (coughs) Perhaps you're fainting in barrenness, in fruitlessness. In Galatians 6, verse number 9, the statement is, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, the, the Bible speaks here, those that faint lose the joy of the harvest. And God has designed that each and every one of His children would be fruit producers. John 15, You have not chosen me, I have chosen you, ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. It's the will of God For you to be a fruit producer. God wants to use you in bringing others to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But many times we're cold, lifeless, barren, fruitless in our Christian life. And we need to admit that need. We have a great need. And we must come as beggars before God. Uh, Lord, I'm fainting. I'm not prayerful, not having answers to prayer. And uh, Lord, I'm fainting, not striving against sin, not fighting your battle. And Lord, I'm fainting. I'm barren in my walk with you. And I, I so need you, Lord, to strengthen and encourage this walk. And so we have a great need as beggars before God, admitting our need and acknowledging that only God and meet that need. The Lord revives the needy. Do you have a need? Have you grown complacent, content, cold in the Christian life? The Lord revives the needy. Let's go back to Psalm 138. Psalm 138. Yes, thank you, Dominic. Psalm 138. Look at at verse number 6. The Lord revives the needy, but it's evident the Lord revives the lowly. Notice in verse 6 this statement. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth far off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. It's evident that David's great need brought him to the place. Oh, Brother, brother Matoya, Dominic just got me one. Amen. Hey, man, double dose here. I'm going to be a double drinker tonight. <laughs> Thank you, both of you. Uh, and, and here God revives the lowly. God brought David to this place uh, of lowliness, of great humility. And, and that realization that only God could meet his need. David humbled himself before God. Now I want to, to show you several, several verses here. This is a biblical principle tonight. Go back with me to the book of 2 Chronicles. You're very familiar. Chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. See, it's a biblical principle. God revives the lowly. He says in verse 14 if my people, which are called by my name, but notice here the context. God said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Verse 13, if I command the locusts to devour the land, <clears throat> or if I send pestilence among my people, he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God revives the lowly. Uh, look in Psalm 51, verse 17, this is the psalm of of David, his prayer of confession. In Psalm 51, verse number 17, David has begged God for his mercy as he's confessed his sin before the Lord. David makes the statement in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. If everybody would turn to Isaiah, Fifty-seven, Isaiah 57 in verse number 15. Here's this principle so clearly set forth. God revives the lowly. Isaiah 57 verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the the heart of the contrite ones. See, God tells us, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. David, in this time of great need, humbled his heart before God, and God sent revival to the heart of David. God revives the needy, and God revives the lowly. Back in Psalm 138, I want you to notice as David, in the midst of this psalm, expresses his absolute faith in God. I believe God revives the believing. Notice in verse number 7. David said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, and here's an absolute statement of faith, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It's a statement of absolute faith. See, God revives those who not only look to Him for revival, but believe in Him for that revival. Uh, He says to us in, in Hebrews chapter 11, He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. That was the heart of David. He believed that God is. And in faith, he believed that God would revive him. He knew that God ministered to that need, that God heard his prayer. See, God can give us personal revival. Now notice this statement in verse number seven. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive, who does David say? Me personal revival. He said, Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Uh, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. He's speaking of personal revival. Maybe you've heard this particular song, 1860. These words were penned, Elizabeth Codner. It was during a time of great revival taking place in Wales. And these are the words she writes Lord, I hear of showers of blessings. Thou art scattering full and free. Showers the thirsty soul refreshing. Let some drops fall now on me, even me. Pass me not, O gracious Father. Lost and sinful though I be, thou mightst curse me, but the rather let thy mercy light on me, even me. Pass me not, O tender Savior, let me love and cling to thee. Fain, I'm looking for thy favor. When thou callest, call for me, even me. Pass me not, O mighty Spirit, now canst make the blind to see. Testify of Jesus' merit. Speak the word of peace to me, even me. That's a prayer for personal revival. Do you want the Lord to do something in your life? Would you pray, Lord, pass me not? Even me. Lord, as you're working this coming week, would you work in my heart? Would you work in the hearts of my family? Would you work in the hearts of my church? Would you work in my midst? We can have personal revival. Notice in verse number eight, there is purposeful revival. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works. Of thine own hand. Uh, that word "perfect" means to mature, without spot, without wrinkle. The goal, Lord's goal, for each and every one of us tonight is to make us into the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, God will not forsake the work of His hands. If you're saved tonight, God has begun to work in your heart, and the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. According to Romans chapter 8, the goal of the Lord in the midst of this is to work all things together for your good to those that love him. It is to mold you into the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is to present you on that day perfect, holy, unblameable in the presence of Jesus Christ, holy into his presence. That's the Lord's goal in revival. And Lord, will that revive me? Lord, will you work that purpose in my life? to make me like Jesus Christ. See, we can have faith in a personal revival. God wants to revive me. God wants a purpose in my life. God wants to revive me, molding me to the image of Jesus Christ. Notice again verse (coughs) 7. In verse 7, thou wilt revive me. Uh, Think about the power. We can have faith in a powerful revival. Think about the power of God. He has the power to create tonight. He had the power to speak the world into being, to make everything from nothing. If you're saved tonight, He had the power to come into your life and to plant the seed of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, in your heart. He had the power to change your life. And if you're saved tonight, just as powerful is that power to revitalize, to renew that life and and to bring that life into fruitfulness for Jesus Christ. And that's the prayer of the psalmist of David in the midst of revival. Do you believe God can do this tonight? Do you believe God could give you revival? Do you believe God could mold you to the image of Jesus Christ? Do you believe God has the power to do so tonight? See, God revives those that believe. I want to give one last thought tonight. Look at verse 7 again of Psalm 38, 138. God revives those that are persecuted and oppressed. In verse 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble, maybe you're there tonight, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Uh, You may be fighting a battle tonight and Satan has been uh, battling you and dealing in your home and family and in your own heart and you've got an enemy. David walked in the midst of troubles, many, many enemies. He needed strength beyond himself. So he cried out and God revived him and gave him that strength that he needed. See, God promises that to us. Have you found that this Christian life is a war? A battlefield? Uh, have you faced tribulation and opposition? Uh, Jesus said, In the world, you'll have tribulation. But He said, Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He said, In me, you have peace. There was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Lord revived them in the midst of their opposition, in the midst of their persecution. And they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend, but the Lord gave them the grace that they needed to stand. And be a testimony for Him. See, sometimes life gives you opposition, persecution, difficulties. Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, Jesus said, and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. See, God can revive us in time of oppression, time of persecution, time of of, of battle, time of warfare. God can revive us in the midst of our need. God revives the needy. God revives the lowly. God revives those that will believe him for it. And God revives those that are persecuted and oppressed and need his strength in the midst of it. That was the song of David. David praised the Lord because he said, as he says here, in the day when I cried, thou answerest me. Has God answered prayer for you? Has God done something special? You ought to praise him for it. As he said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. That ought to be our prayer here as we face a meeting in a week and a half. I want revival. Let's bow our heads this evening. Every head back.